want to bang into this table so many times. I, I it's do going, this. It's I, going to happen. I, I do this. Ooh, you're gonna lounge. Ooh, I'm gonna, I want to lounge. Lounging like a motherfucker. I think this is all. It's all gonna. This is all. All end in tears. How are the levels? Actually, that's. Can you hear me if I'm like if I'm like tasteful side boob? Tasteful, tasteful. If you are a human side boob, I feel like we should explain this because <laughs> now it sounds real weird. <laughs> Another edition of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily, and joining me this week in the last week of our epic Rambo rewatch is Bartholomew Devon, my partner in what kind of crime? Unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we now know how you stand on uh, John Rambo, our fourth feature. Uh, but before we get into... Is it uh, actually called John Rambo? Well, so there's some discrepancy here. It was actually released under the title Rambo. It was supposed to be John Rambo, which sort of goes, you know, hand in hand with Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Balboa. Which, yeah. by the way, is a way better yeah, movie. Yeah, far superior film. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then at the last minute they changed it, um, and it was just released as Rambo. Was but... it ever released as Live, Die, Repeat? <laughs> uh, no, not to my knowledge. Or Edge of Last or, Wednesday. Or Edge of Last Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll work too. Uh, no, uh, but, yeah, you buy the Blu-ray. This We watched the extended cut Blu-ray today, and, uh, yeah, the title card that comes up, even though the outside of the case just says Rambo, the title card that comes up before the movie says John Rambo. Yeah. Uh, which I think is great. I, that's a, look. That's a better title. And I'm actually not a fan of the like generic dude's name as the title of your movie. But in this case, you know, it, it kind of works. If I mean, like I said, if nothing else, it kind of evokes well, it that works in theory. Rocky Balboa. But it works when it's the fourth entry in your franchise. You know, when it's hey, we know this character. It's, it's all about this character. When it's the fourth movie in the trilogy. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Well, before we uh, before we jump into Rambo Town, but first, the news. The news. Let's talk about Ernie Hudson. I wanted to talk about Ernie Hudson. <laughs> uh, Ernie Hudson, oh man, putting his foot in his mouth a little bit this week. Well, he's Winston. Well, yeah. Okay, so look, the yeah, the heart of the Ghostbusters. The Winston. heart of the Ghostbusters. Yeah, not so much. We talked about this uh, at one point uh, previously uh, about this idea of the all female Ghostbusters. Um, and it's actually happening now. This is actually official. Uh, Sony has hired uh, Paul Feig to uh, write, co write, and direct. His co writer is uh, Katie Dipold. Um, I think that's how you say her name. I don't know. Um, she wrote the she wrote the heat. Are you sure that's how um, you say Feig? I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's Feig. Yeah, I've been um, saying Feig all these years. I think I always want to say Feig, but I'm pretty sure it's Feig. Right. Um, and uh, so they're going to be doing this this all female Ghostbusters um, total hard reboot. So this is not a Ghostbusters three. This is not a like oh it's 
you know, 20 years, 30 years later and so ghosts are so suddenly this, coming back. So this and, is totally disconnected yeah. from the earlier franchise. There will be no, you know, I'm not going to say there's not going to be a Dan Aykroyd cameo because of Dan Aykroyd. I feel like Dan Aykroyd is just going to loiter around that set until somebody puts him on camera. Yeah. Um, but he would not be appearing as, you know, as Ray Stance. He, the, the, the original character, this is not a world in which the original Ghostbusters existed, which is, that was, you know, uh, Feig's whole thing was yeah. that what was interesting to him was sort of the origin story was you know having this happen for the first time and having these people be like actually genuinely terrified and have to figure out what do we do about this and not like a world where it's like oh yeah remember this thing from the 80s oh i guess this is happening again well, and here's how i feel about it yeah i do not give two shits about whether it's all male all female yeah. all giraffes <laughs> i i dude i would watch an all giraffes ghostbusters i don't give two shits it just has to be good yeah. it just has to be good it just needs to be funny and it just needs to be scary and like he can be you know feek's got funny he can do that yeah um and he says you know he wants it to be genuinely scary he wants it to be genuinely terrifying and that's one of the things that really works about the original is that you know there are you know punctuated moments in that movie that like the library ghost and the terror dogs which you know when you're a kid that shit scares the pants off of you. you know, I don't ever remember it being like I don't have any memories of Ghostbusters being scary to me. Oh really? Until I was an adult. Oh yeah. Because I, I've been I, I've been watching it since I was a child, and it's so comfortable and funny, and I know everything. Like right. It never scared me, and then I was watching like it used to be one of my going to sleep movies. Oh sure, yeah. When I like I was probably twenty. Yeah. And I and it occurred to me I was like. This shit is actually fucking terrifying if oh, this sure. happened. Yeah, if, you, if that was you, totally. Yeah, I mean, the cards flying and it, like that shit it would scare the bejesus out of somebody. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's the thing that I, one of the things I love most about that movie is yeah, all of the really simple practical effects like the drawers opening and the cards flying in the air and you know just shit fl- the books moving from shelf to shelf of their own accord. Yeah, like that's all horrifying. Yeah. That was actually one of the best – One of the, you know, it's a great bit in Poltergeist um, when they sort of first start to figure out that there's something wrong with the house, but they don't actually know what it is yet, and they don't know to be scared, is that uh, she the, – the mother is Jo Beth Williams, who's super hot in Poltergeist. Um, she is, like, in the kitchen – and uh, all the chairs uh, at the kitchen table are pulled out from the table. Yeah. And so she goes around and she pushes them all in. And then she just, like, walks around the corner and, uh, like, doesn't even leave the room. She just, like, walks to the other side of the counter, like, ducks down under the cabinet to pull out, like, a spray cleaner. And then when she turns around, all the chairs are stacked on top of each other on the table. And it's a freaky fucking moment. And she gets, you know, legit scared. But then it cuts to, like, the end of the day and the husband's coming home from work and she's all, like, excited because she's figured out that if you put the chair at this spot on the floor, the chair will slide itself all the way to the other end of the floor of its own accord. And then she takes the daughter with like who puts a football helmet on the daughter and puts the daughter on the spot on the floor and sends <laughs> the daughter flying on the floor. And she's like, woohoo, this is so crazy. This, I don't know, this is awesome. Well, that is kind of awesome. Yeah, and like, you know, ten minutes later, they're all like screaming and crying because everything's going to hell. But like, it's that great moment. Like, holy shit. Like, that, those little... Like, just the simplest thing, shit moving where there weren't supposed to be, that would freak the fuck out of you. I remember a time when I was, uh, I was a kid. I was probably eight. Uh, yeah. And my parents used to have this TV in their bedroom, which, you know, good on you, FCC compliance. I shit you not, that, t- that TV used to pick up police bands. Like, <laughs> like, once every six months. Yeah. It would just, like, pick up a police band. 
and it would do it when the TV was off. Whoa. And so you'd be on the other end, you know, it's on, it's on the second floor, but you'd be in, like, I'd be in my bedroom, like way on the other end of the floor. And I would just hear a voice, like a creepy, distorted voice. <laughs> and I couldn't make out because it was policeman. I couldn't quite make out the words from yeah. the distance. I just heard a voice coming from the other end of the house. And I'd just be like, motherfucker. That, that, yeah, that, that, that scared the shit out of me. That's and freaky then, shit, man. And then one day I happened to be like in the room when it happened and I could hear the words clearly. And I was like, oh, the TV's picking a police band. But it was just like, Whoa. oh, no, that would that would fuck with you. Something fierce. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm I, I, I still think that another Ghostbusters movie is unnecessary. You know, like if you if you're going to totally reboot it and you're going to, you know, change all of the characters dramatically like i don't even it's think it's not ghostbusters anymore exactly i mean it has to be because the comparison would be drawn later yeah, but at the well, same no, time i mean just make an original movie that you know about you know paranormal about paranormal paranormal comedy like i don't understand why it needs to be ghostbusters other than the fact that sony owns the rights to ghostbusters they still merchandise the fuck out of that well, brand well that's and why. it's something that they can pre-sell with like a built-in audience and you know they don't need to you, all they need to say is hey it's a ghostbusters movie and everybody already gets what that is basically and they don't oh, have yeah. to teach you what it is speaking of creepy sheep holy fuck that sheep is looking into my soul don't like um but yeah, so Ernie Hudson put his foot in his mouth a little bit this week saying, you know, because of course somebody's going to reach out to every person they can get a hold of involved in the original Ghostbusters and say, right. hey, what do you think about this? Um, and, he, you know, he did a dumb thing, which uh, is – Yes, he did. He, he started out fine. He basically said the exact same thing we just did, which is like, I don't understand why there needs to be another Ghostbusters. Like, if you're going to reboot it and it's not going to have any connection to the originals and it's going to be all new characters, then, like, why does it have to be called Ghostbusters? Call it something different. Um and then and he, then he did something stupid. And then he basically said, "Well, you know, I don't know if the fans really want to see all women, and you know, if they are going to go all women, then uh, you know, they need to be funny. And if they're not funny, well, at least they should be sexy." It's like, Ugh, oh, you idiot. Ernie, Ernie Hudson, come on, man, you can't say that shit to a reporter. Yeah. Are you what? What are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't say that shit in life. But you definitely don't say that shit to a reporter because that's all anyone's going to talk about for the next, you know, two weeks is Ernie Hudson budding sexist. Yep. So, whatever. Bad on you, Winston. Yeah. Bad on you. Yeah. I don't think Ernie Hudson is a misogynist. I mean, maybe he is. Who, I have I no mean, idea. I have no idea. That, that feels like him trying to make a joke that just fell flat. That feels like him making a poor joke that, you know, didn't, d- land. didn't land. Exactly. I mean, at best. At best, yeah, exactly. That's giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So, like, it's a bonehead move anyway you slice it, yeah, even know, if, man. regardless of whether it is or is not indicative of something worse. Yeah. So, but either way, you know, this movie's happening. We knew this movie was going to happen eventually, but at least I think this is, you know, I like the idea of the all female cast. I think, you know, it's a it's a different spin. It can make the movie feel different and very, yeah, yes. di- very, very different at least. I mean, I I would be surprised even if we ended up with like an Egon character and a Ray character. Like I, I would be willing I actually, to I actually hope we, be. I actually hope we don't. Yeah. I, th- I think the characters should all be very different. Um, have they announced any cast? No, no, they're still working on the script. They're still breaking the script. They better so. work real hard on that script. Yeah. I mean, 
I'd be. I feel like Melissa McCarthy is probably a foregone conclusion at this point. That's fine um, as long as she doesn't make fat jokes. Yeah, I don't want the. You know, Jer- I hate it when she makes fat jokes. Yeah, my friend Jared was made the joke of like there'll be a scene of her hilariously not being able to fit into her jumpsuit. Uh, um, I was. I said I think she probably would be. You know, her slowly sliding down the fire pole and then breaking the fire pole. Um, I, either way, like I, I, I do not want to see that. No, I'm so sick of that that bullshit. Yeah, I mean. She's talented enough. Yeah. Period. If anything, you know what? It would be great. I would love to see her as like, as like the Egon character. If, yeah. I mean, if you were going to go that route, yeah. like give her, give her something that give her a defining characteristic that has nothing to do with her physical appearance. I that agree. would be awesome. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, man. Um. Well, I bet. I bet. If honestly, if anything, I bet that she's like the Winston. I bet that she's like the one that they bring in. Because she can, you know, she's like a brawler, and she's, like, rough around the edges, and she can, like, do shit, you know? Which was what Winston's original character is supposed to be. Oh, wait, I, he, I was he was supposed to be, supposed like, to a be... Marine. He was supposed to have, like, a, yeah. you know, like, 180 IQ, and have, be, like, an ex-Marine, and just be, like, totally overqualified. Yeah. And all that stuff kind of falls by the wayside, so. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man, but we're getting yeah. we're getting Lady Ghostbusters. That's that's gonna happen. I hope they don't call it Lady Ghostbusters. That's... Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So there are some interesting sort of uh, Marvel rumors that were banging around this week um, when it comes to uh, Avengers 3 and sort of how – what what the the is that when we're supposed to is? get a proper Thanos movie? Well, see, nobody really knows. You know, yeah, everyone well, just I mean, sort of has been assuming. As soon as they showed Thanos at the end of Avengers, everyone sort of assumed that that's how this would play out. But you know, people have basically been sort of trying to do the math on everybody's contractual obligations, mm-hmm. and there's uh, you know I've seen susp- there's been some speculation that um, Marvel might actually end up holding out some of these actors, some of these characters, and not include them in Avengers three. So, for example, to stretch out their contracts. A yeah. Bit? So uh, Robert Downey Jr. is specifically because they renegotiated his contract. Um, he specifically it's in his contract that uh, he will be in Avengers three that that will be like the last movie that he's contracted to be in the rest of the oh, Avengers God, I people they're gonna kill him I don't think so but the rest of the Avengers people you know like you know Chris Evans and Hemsworth and uh, you know uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo all these guys they don't have specific films listed in their contracts it's just you will do x number of movies you will right. appear in x number of films. So I think there's a thinking that, and especially as you're start as we're starting to see some of the these, you know, the the other their their solo movies come through, that, you know, we might end after Avengers two, we're gonna get Cap three, we're gonna get Thor three, yeah. and if those feel like trilogies. Those feel like we're gonna wrap up those characters to a certain degree, and to a point that maybe they don't need to appear in an Avengers three. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of certainly a lot of speculation that, uh, you know. Steve Rogers may not be Captain America by the end of the third movie. You know, he might uh, hand off the shield to Bucky Barnes or to or to Sam, which uh, is the Falcon. Plenty of precedent for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thor could end up, you know, having to sort of run things in Asgard. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Odin die in a third Thor movie and have Thor have to sort of be in charge of Asgard. Um, and you know, especially since with the success of Guardians. You know, it's 
clear yeah. that you know they don't necessarily you know Marvel's success does not hinge on those actors and those characters no, and those particular not. franchises. That if they can roll out characters like the Guardians and Ant Man and Stephen Strange and maybe Captain Marvel, you know they could pick up the reins for a third Avengers movie, and then you can hold Evans and Hemsworth and those guys back for a later date. Um, which might also make it easier for you to renegotiate a contract with them. You're not going to get them for you know eight or ten movies again, but you might be able to sign them to two or three movies, and they might be more willing to do that if they've had a couple years off. Yeah, and it's like, hey, we're just we're not gonna we don't want to spin off on a whole like three more Captain America movies, but you know we want you to appear in another sort of Avengers team up like you know three or four years from now, which makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that would actually be really fun. I think that would be really smart and really exciting to watch. Well, I mean, they have so much source material to draw on anyway. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason why they shouldn't. There are so many characters. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten much better this season. Oh, really? Like, dramatically better. Huh. Like, you sh- I think you should give it a shot. They're only... I'm perfectly happy to. Is it stream anywhere? No. I mean, on, you get it on Comcast, I'm sure like on demand it's on AMC. well it's on abc so yeah you can get it uh-huh. you can get it on like the abc website it's i don't know if it's on hulu but um it's not on netflix or anything right but i mean like yeah you can get it on yeah AB, first, abc will is, have those episodes is, streaming this is season two season two there are only is three season, episodes into season, is season two. one available uh see i don't know is, I haven't it worth, looked, is it even worth watching i mean we watched it it was sort of at best it was fine um, it got better after Captain America because something actually happened. Yeah, well, because Shield became disassembled basically, and it right. was like, and it was late in this their season, so they only had a handful of episodes after that. So it was basically them trying to sort of dealing with the fallout of Captain America three for the most part. Right. Which and that was you know inherently more interesting. Um, but they've started season two. Like, they started it out with a very different sort of status quo. Like, some time has passed between the two seasons, and a lot of the characters have grown in that time, and they feel very different than they did in season one, and they're all improvements. Like, every character has become infinitely more interesting in the second season than they did in the first season. Hmm. Um, And the show, just like the stories, have been far better executed as well. Um, It's a lot less sort of, uh, you know, monster of the week like, right, right. like just chase down this guy and whatever. It's like, no, 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 it's much more. It's really, it's, you know, Hydra is working. They're like the big bad. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is still sort of in the margins somewhere. Like they've been disbanded and they're sort of being hunted by the U.S. military. And so now instead of them being sort of big brother, now they're like a ragtag group of rebels, like, you know, working in, you know, working out of a basement somewhere everybody loves an underdog exactly there it's way more interesting that way so i would highly recommend giving uh, agents of shield uh if you if you discounted it if you wrote it off after the first season I, or during the first season or if you never gave it a shot i highly recommend giving it a second a second go around um there except there are only three well by the time this airs maybe three four episodes in but uh this third episode particularly was excellent so um but uh, there's another interesting marvel rumor going around which is that um Sony. Oh, is... I heard about this. That ain't. That's not. Yeah, I don't know, man. So that's not happening. The idea is that Sony is so, uh, you know, fucked. at a loss with what to do with Spider-Man. The word is fucked. Yeah. Well, they've got a couple different. I guess they've got a couple different plans that they've been passing around. Um, but one of them is trying to work out some deal to bring Spider-Man into 
the Marvel Universe in to some degree. I don't even know what that would mean. Well... Does he show up in an Avengers movie? Does to, he have a cameo I mean, in something perfect, else? I mean, I can't... Let, even if we assume for a minute that this is possible, yeah. and I don't think it is, I think they'd have a hell of a time doing it without rebooting again. Well, not necessarily. I would actually be fine with them keeping Andrew... Dude, I would be okay with Andrew Garfield's Andrew Spider-Man Garfield, showing up in a better movie. <laughs> I, yeah, but the thing is that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, like all Spider-Man, is based where? New York. What happened in New York in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, well, yeah, no, it got all fucked up, but they don't, that's not necessarily, I mean, there is they no, haven't acknowledged there that. There is no way, there is no way that the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe coexists with an alien invasion. There is no way. Well, you know, it would be interesting. They could theoretically, like, retcon it in such a way as, like, the two movies we've seen took place before the Avengers. That would be dumb, but they theoretically, Good luck with that. Theoretically, they could do that. Um, I mean, it would. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it jives, but dude, I do mean, you remember? Do you remember what I said about uh, when we saw the atrocious Spider-Man Two? Yeah, and at the end, we've got Paul Giamatti. I am the Rhino. Remember yeah, that scene? Yeah. Uh-huh. And remember, I said. All I could envision, because this is a Marvel character, is Iron Man swooping down, uh-huh. or Thor swooping down. Yeah. Boom! One hit. Goodbye, Rhino. Well, that like th- these universes can't coexist because it's so out of whack. Well, and it's it'll be so interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that sort of plays out. I mean, Shield does it in sort of an interesting way, where you know they they deal with more. They're sort of the – I don't want to call them the cleanup crew, but you know they're dealing with more sort of uh, domestic kind of like, oh, we found this guy. He might have this power. we got to figure it out, that kind of thing. Um, right. That was what they did in the first season. The second season, it's more like an espionage spy thing. It's, it's less about like world-ending threats and super-powered beings. I mean there are plenty of super-powered beings on the show, but it's more like, hey, we, it's a game of chess between S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA, which well, is what makes it interesting. Right. What will be, in- will be really interesting to watch, though, is Marvel's Netflix TV series. Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Uh, see, but and the, thing, see, but the Defenders is, this, is what they're leading up right, to. See, but that's fine. But all of that is fine because all of these characters are like tier two Marvel characters. Well, right, but they're street level. And Spider-Man really is just the well, best of no, the no, no, street no, level no, heroes. No, no, no way, my friend. Yeah. No way. Marvel, like, I, I don't know why, but maybe a month or two ago, I was, again, clicking around on YouTube. Yeah. And I ended up watching, like, footage from Comic-Con when they announced that the Avengers was going to happen. Oh, so yeah. this is like years ago. Oh, yeah. I remember and that. And I remember that they said they were there were, you know, news stories floating around and everything because they were saying, like, oh, what the hell is Marvel going to do? Because Marvel's biggest guns have been in this order. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that first, X-Men, then Spider-Man, and then, like, Avengers Final Four – the, the team fantastic four yeah or sorry yeah what, what did i say final four final four yeah there's not a basketball tournament in the marvel <laughs> universe there probably uh, is but that was mo- a- i mean anyway. you're just like in terms of popularity yeah that's probably yeah, like true. like yeah and the thing is that spider-man is a huge marvel character and oh, has sure. been. i mean spider-man i would say is their batman yeah no that's and x-men is their superman you know what i'm saying and the thing is that <clears throat> 
I feel like if like at this stage we're we're already into phase three almost. Yeah. Like we're one movie shy. Yeah. Of phase three to introduce a huge character like Spider Man now feels fucking weird. Well, yeah, no, I mean, and that would be the interesting thing is like if that were to happen, like. Do they... They'd have to reboot the character. Be like, Spider-Man didn't exist when all this shit happened. I don't know if they'd have to, man. I think they could keep Andrew Garfield in place. I think they could just, you know, say that this was all happening sort of off to the side. Just, you know... Honestly, I feel like Andrew Garfield's got one more in him. Because well, the first one... He, he only has to... one more shot to before this franchise goes under the, you know, completely into the shitter. That is my point. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's his fault. But... I think he's fine... But the writing is awful. Yeah. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it could be – like, that could be the way to st- – that's what Sony's looking at is how could we save this character without having to wait five years and reboot the whole character again? And this could be, you know, basically hoping that the sheen of the Marvel Universe will just sort of rub off on Andrew Garfield if they throw him into, like, an Avengers cameo or something. Uh, and then – I think as an actor, he'd be fine in that yeah. group. <clears throat> but I just – you know, Spider-Man would would gain popularity by association with Iron Man well, is sort of what they what they're hoping. That's horrifically sad. Yeah, but the other thing is that the MCU... but I would still love to see Spider-Man show up in an Avengers movie. I would like, too. I want to so, so see would that. I. And I mean, he's supposed to. Yeah, theoretically, he's yeah. supposed to be an Avenger at some point. Uh, yeah, along with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. That ain't happening. But uh, it's yeah. all it's. I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, this is none all of this speculation. Is gonna, none of, yeah. It's not even speculation. It's. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said Sony. Sony is really up against happen. a wall. Like they haven't been able to get this fucking movie to work, and I'm uh, telling this fucking you, franchise. they should just do Agent Venom, Secret Agent Venom. Well, there, there's our out. Right they've there. been developing this Venom movie for a while, and there are rumors that Venom might be like DOA completely. Uh, huh? They haven't been able to figure out what to do with you know Secret Agent Venom is what you do with Venom. That would be sweet. I would be. I'm all board. I'm on board with Secret Agent Venom. No idea. one's told that that story. I no. didn't know that existed. Till wiki. Yeah, well, you know, so they're they're still theoretically like, and this is you know again like all the balls are up in the air. They don't know what to do with any of this stuff right now. It's you know they've where do we do with us with a third Spider Man? Are we still making a Venom movie? Are we still doing the Sinister Six thing? God, I've I heard not. that one of the pitches for Sinister Six is basically like uh, like a Dirty Dozen kind of thing where basically they're all kind of imprisoned or they're all sort of captured and it's hey something you guys are all gonna help me do this thing or else you know you know the world's going to end or something including you and so spider-man sort of sends them all on this like suicide mission kind of thing so i, I mean i don't know man uh, bring in carnage yeah i, mean, I don't know okay. yes yeah. dude i wouldn't be surprised to see sony just again throwing spaghetti at the wall see what sticks carnage yeah why not well, let's I mean, see what that works there's precedent for that i think right i think i think spider-man and venom kind of teamed up because carnage was such a dick there was a video game i remember well, that. i remember that i that remember that great, video game that was a great beat-em-up yeah uh, uh, it was called know. maximum carnage yeah probably. no i remember that shit it's october uh which means it's it's horror movie season sure is um so or yes, horrible movies. Yeah, well, one or the other, or maybe both. Uh, yesterday, I went to a uh, uh, all-day marathon, twelve-hour or thirteen-hour. Turned it out, it ended up being uh, horror movie marathon at uh, the Somerville Theater in Davis Square, um, which was entertaining if for no other reason than it is also uh, Honk Fest this weekend, which is some kind of. It's, it's loud. Like, it's very loud. It, it's like the gathering of the juggalos for marching bands. Yep. It's very it's very bizarre. Uh, so well, it's like okay. Basically, it's, it's something to provide a little audio to the Oktoberfest. Yeah. 
which but, is also happening at the same time. But you like you like you walk outside between movies and there's like all day long. Like holy fuck, get me out of here. Yep. Um, but I saw some good stuff yesterday. Uh, some things I'd already seen before. Uh, uh, let the right one in. Uh, great, great vampire movie, which uh, they closed with that movie, which meant it started a little after 11. Uh, it finished up about 1 o'clock. I was like, that was – it's that's a great movie, but it's very slow and quiet and moody for a lot of it. So it's like, nah, I was kind of nodding off a little bit in the middle because I'd seen it before. So yeah. um, they had a lot of other stuff that was way more like sort of fun and upbeat that I feel like – that should have been your, you know, your eleven fifteen slot. Well, I mean, I feel like when you have a, when you're doing a movie marathon of any kind, yeah, you kind of need to invoke the rules of the mixtape. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of there rules. are a lot of rules. No, you, yeah, you you want to think about sort of the audience pacing a little bit. They kicked off with a movie called The Cat and the Canary, um, which is a nineteen twenty something silent film, uh, and they had a live a musician doing uh, live music for it, which is great. It's a series that they do. They do. You know, live music with silent films like once a month, I think. Uh, That's at the cool. Somerville Theater. It was it was fun. Um, the movie is, you know, it was it was it was fine. It was pretty much what you expect from like a mm, silent horror, like murder mystery kind of thing. A uh, bunch of people trapped in a house trying to figure find the killer. And um, was Tim Curry there? Tim Curry was not there. Waste. Uh, I know, sad. Um, but uh, the movie started with some one like really amazing image. I wish the rest of the movie could have like kept up this level of insanity uh because it starts off with this shot of this like old rich guy who uh is dying and uh, thinks he's going crazy and so it's just it's just a shot there's like a title card because silent film title cards and it says like oh this man cyrus west uh his his of course his name is cyrus west cyrus west great great silent film name uh, anytime name. I, it's true. Uh, it's like he's like, it's like chicken in the morning, chicken in the evening. Cyrus West at any time. It's like this vision that he's having or something. It's kind of hard to pin down. But basically, it's this old man stumbling around, and he's being superimposed or superimposed onto him are uh, a bunch of giant empty glass medicine bottles. That's kind of like a good choice. And uh, a bunch of giant kittens. I'm sorry? Kittens. Because it's you, you had me at Cyrus. It's the cat and the canary. That's the title, and so it's like, oh, his family wants his money, and they've been, you know, torturing him and fucking around with him, you know, like a cat with a canary, sort of batting him around or whatever. Yeah. And so they, so it's literally, it's he's having this vision of himself amidst empty medicine bottles and a bunch of cats like pawing at him and like you know batting him around. Except really, it's just like kittens, like playing with a ball of yarn essentially like superimposed over him yeah it's it's simultaneously adorable and psychotic <laughs> it was kind of well, fantastic that is the best kind yeah so uh after the cat and the canary we had poltergeist Have you ever seen poltergeist poltergeist is one of those movies that i'm afraid to watch so it, my memories legitimately of so my memories of poltergeist really are just me as a kid coming in halfway through on network TV on a Saturday afternoon and watching 10 minutes and being frightened out of my mind and being like, fuck, now I'm going to have bad dreams for like a week. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot. 
WLVI <laughs> TV 56. Yeah, no, and the movie By is... By the way, how long did it take me to figure out that LVI is 56? Yeah, there was... Yeah, you gotta throw yourself I, back a few I, years. Well, I was, I was probably... Like, I don't know how old I was, and I was like... LVI 56 oh. or SBK 38. There are your options. Yeah. Well, no, 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 that... In Roman oh, numerals, oh, oh, the Roman L- numerals, LVI is 56. Uh, I just got that because you told me. <laughs> like I, I just, never thought about it. I just never thought about it. And then a couple years ago, I was like, wait a minute. That is kind of genius. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it until right now when you explained it to me. And now it's so much better. That is so much better. I wish it was still Welcome around. back to childhood. Yeah. Let your, let your wonder at the universe <laughs> run free. Uh, yeah, so I'd never seen Poltergeist. Um, I, you know, I was not a horror movie kid when no. I was younger. I never got into horror, but I'm enjoying it now. I've gained a better appreciation for it now. I think because I find these movies aren't necessarily scary anymore. You know, like no, when they, you were but, grown but, up. But a good horror movie yeah. needs to be done so carefully. Oh, sure. That you like at the very least. You have to appreciate the attention to detail right. of a really good horror movie. I think, I think it's just a matter of, like, I'm no longer of a mindset where I'm afraid that Freddy Krueger will actually attack me in my dreams and kill me in my sleep. Until it fucking happens. <laughs> well, that's true. In which case, it's too late. Um, true. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little, you know, I'm old enough, I'm far enough removed that certainly you can still scare me in a movie and you jump scare you can startle me i can be like ah or something oh, can be really best. horrifying that's yeah no best. i love those no movies. i love that shit I love, like i love a good slasher flick yeah no and i think that's why i have a better appreciation for this genre now well see um, that's the thing is like i treat so there, i mean there are a few, i feel like there are a few sub genres of horror and they really are different things yeah there's slasher movies yeah there's bad horror. There's <laughs> horror comedy, yeah. which I love. Oh my god! Oh yeah, forever. And then there are movies, and like, and then you you get into the kind of thrillery, like mental horror. Well, and, and those fucking freak me out. Okay, still. so I we watched one of those too. Uh, I can't handle that shit. We watched this movie called uh, Wait Until Dark, uh, with uh, Aud- it's from it's from the sixties. Yeah, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Plays a blind woman. Yeah. Uh, was she a blind woman with, like, amazing poise and beauty? Well, yes. That Just saying. It's Audrey Hepburn, so yes. <laughs> uh, no, her, her husband is, like, meets a stranger on an airplane, and she gives him this doll, uh, that, which he doesn't know is full of is full of uh, drugs. It's full can, of heroin, I think. Can you imagine if you went on an airplane, met a stranger, and the stranger gave you a doll? Uh-huh. Just think about that for yeah, a minute. No, what no. the fuck would TSA say about that? Do you have anything, like anything you can identify from someone you don't know? I was thinking about that in the w- later because I was like, oh, I really like that movie. And I was thinking about like if you were to remake it now, like I feel like you – because of so many of the particulars of that movie, like you would almost have to keep it a period 60s movie because so much of what is so awesome about it just simply wouldn't work in like present – today like environment society it's just like you know cell phones render most of that movie like completely inert yep um but that's true of a lot of movies so yep uh but no so uh so her husband this woman gives her husband a doll full of drugs he doesn't know it's full of drugs um and uh and he brings it home and he loses the doll um and this withdrawal this gangster is uh basically comes around looking for it um, and so the whole thing is that the uh, husband is out of the house. Are we talking like a little voodoo doll? Or no, it's like, like a, a child's like porcelain doll kind of thing. Oh. Um, the the husband they, they get the husband out of the house for the day, and he he gets these two like uh, ex con like these con men to 
basically enact this like elaborate scheme to like win her confidence to like get her to give them the doll because he they think that she knows where the doll is and they're just holding out so these two con men uh basically like weasel their way into uh, audrey hepburn's you know world for the day and they convince her that like oh her husband's in danger and they need to find this doll or whatever like that starts is basically more or less inconsequential the whole movie is basically set in this woman's like basement apartment and she's blind the one of the con men or the the gangster who's like running the show is really young alan arkin really with a full head of hair he goes he has like cool. three elaborate costume like makeup changes too where he pretends to be other people he pretends to be like an old man he pretends to be a wormy guy but he's he's got this really weird like high-pitched voice i'm alan arkin we need to find that doll it's very weird that and, is weird. That's like two steps removed from your Peter Laurie voice. And then uh, it is. And then the <laughs> main con man, who's like the good guy con man, is yeah. fucking Colonel Troutman. Is Richard Creta. Whoa. It's awesome. Okay. It's so good. And the whole thing is that like she's blind, so they're constantly through the whole thing. They're like moving stuff around the apartment and she doesn't know, or they're like there'll be people in the room and she doesn't realize it or they'll be signaling to each other from outside and some she can like oh why are people fiddling with my blinds that kind of thing like i can hear stuff but i don't know why it's happening or she'll get suspicious but the end of the movie is like the part that makes it sort of the terror movie um is that she basically figures out that all of these guys have been lying to her all day and that they're trying to get this doll and that they're probably going to kill her so she she runs around the house and she smashes all the light bulbs in the house so that when Alan Arkin comes to kill her and to get the doll, like, they have to, they have, like, a fucking knife fight in the dark. And the movie, literally, like, she smashes the last bulb and the movie, like, goes to black. And you just hear them, like, fighting and, like, chasing each other around in blackness. It's wow. It's fucking awesome. It does sound awesome. It's so good. It's based on a stage play. And you're like, oh, I totally see that as a stage play. It's, like, all one set and you kill the lights at the end. It freaks the fuck out of the audience. Like, totally yeah so huh. but it was oh man it was it was so good huh. and colonel troutman and it had young colonel troutman well yes um i love seeing young versions of old actors i know right young alan arkin i don't think i'd ever seen like young alan arkin like that before <gasps> we also watched a uh, creature from the black lagoon in nice. in 3d nice um oh man i'm so glad the first it was the first time i'd seen that movie i'm so glad i watched it in 3d like in a theater like it was it was a great way to watch it because it's clear that it's one of those movies like so many movies today where it was made for 3d because there's so much stuff in that movie that's like the fucking creature's claw like pointing coming at you out of the screen or like the camera's like underwater and there's like fish flying right at like swimming right at the camera like there's so much like shit coming at you the very beginning of the movie is literally the creation of the universe it starts with like an explosion a lot of movies i know the creation of the universe it starts as like there's an explosion and there's a voiceover and it's like in the beginning there was light and form and blah and like there are bits of rubble and rock and explosion like flying at the camera it's fucking awesome make sure to pick that one up oh it's so good on Uh, 3d is it a can you buy it on 3d uh well so i have it on blue i have it on blu-ray in the uh, box set i don't know if it has a 3d 
print if there's a 3D version of it in there. I haven't opened it up to look yet. Because we do have this lovely 3D TV. I was going to say. Well, and so we watched in 3D, but it was, you know, 35 millimeter print, so it's red and blue 3D. Yeah. Uh, which I hadn't watched a red and blue 3D movie in a while. Did it make you kind of sick? It well, it gave me a bit, of, a little bit of a headache after a while. I yeah. had to kind of, like, give my eyes a break for a bit, which I really don't never have that problem with modern 3D. I know people yeah. who get, like, serious migraines at modern 3D. Um, but what I had never noticed before is that when you wear the red and green, the red and blue glasses, Mm -hmm. when you take them off, if you close one eye, like the red lens is on my right eye. If I close my left eye and only look out my right eye, everything looks blue because all the red stuff. And when you switch, everything looks like red and orange. Like your individual eyes become like attuned to certain wavelengths of light. And then that's all they see. Have you ever seen that for like 20 minutes? It's crazy. You ever seen those gifts that they have? Um, of what? Like so, if you so you can go there are places online where you go and there's just an animated GIF of like a swirly. It's just black and white swirly pattern. Oh, oh, it's okay, just swirly yeah. And you and it's like you oh yeah, stare yeah. At it and then you stare seconds. at a white screen and you see it. No, 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 no. You stare at it for a minute, whatever, thirty seconds, a minute, and then you look at your hand. Yeah, and your hand is undulating like swirling <laughs> it's so fucking cool Whoa, i want to play with that game later i feel like we should just do that right now <laughs> see if i can find one in chromecast um so uh creature from black lagoon super super fun um the the thing i love the thing it's one of my favorite all-time movies uh gorgeous print yeah, haven't seen. I had never never seen it in the theater. Just wait, wait, wait. Just, thing like it's clobbering time. Thing like hand walking. No. Thing like I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, the what I what I realized we make this joke all the time because of evolution. I've seen this movie. The black dude. The black dude dies first. The, the black dudes are the last people to die in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's such a great like inversion of the horror. It's like there's the one wisecracking black guy on roller skates, and you're like, oh, he's definitely gonna die. He's the literally the last one to go. <laughs> it's great, and I mean, it ends with uh, it ends with Kurt Russell and Keith David as the last two alive. So there's still a black dude alive at the end, and the literally the last one to die on screen is uh, is is Nalls is is the black dude on roller skates. So and I was like, that's that's kind of great. I kind of love that. But man, I love that. That movie is just so wonderful, and I love it more every time I see it. Um, it's just so slow and moody. Uh, there's a great episode of The X-Files that I watched recently from the first season called Ice, and it's basically the thing uh, with Mulder and Scully oh, and, and little alien worm parasites. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, Wait Until Dark, we just talked about. Um, and then uh, the, the last thing that, we, that I watched was Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Whoa. Dream Warriors. Oh, God. It is rough, man. But I, I wish that had been the last thing we watched. Like, that or Poltergeist would have See, been fun, too. the problem I always have with Nightmare on Elm Street is that if the whole idea is that you are in a dream, mm-hmm. and you know that you're in a dream, yeah, which makes no sense, and, you know, the, the whole waking up thing... If you if you know that you are in a dream, you can just conjure up whatever you want. Well, that's exactly what this movie is about. It's uh, Freddy is is torturing these kids. They're all like in an insane asylum, so they're all like together. Yeah. Because uh, they've all been on like suicide watch, basically. And the the chick who survives the first one comes in because now she's like a grad student, and 
and it's all about like the dream warriors like you can all like harness the power of your dreams and you can all have like special dream powers so like one kid is like really strong and uh, uh one kid is like so a- it's the nightmare on elm street superhero movie yeah one of them one of them is like a, a dungeons and dragons nerd so he turns himself into the wizard master and he oh, like shoots Jesus. bolts of energy and shit and he gets a really ridiculous robe um and then patricia arquette is the main patricia character arquette. really young patricia arquette and she Jesus. basically just does a lot of gymnastics she basically just does a lot of somersaults okay, and like flips man. over freddy's head and shit oh god but yeah it's pretty, pretty there are some there's some really good kills in that one though uh there's one kid who builds marionettes, like, as a hobby. That's fucking creepy. Yeah. I would never be friends with that kid. I know. But he's, like, actually sort of the most, like, well-balanced, sort of, like, good-natured, like, he seems like the, like, kind of the most well-off kid there, uh, which he's also, like, one of the first to die. Um, and he he gets, uh, he, he, he makes marionettes as a hobby, and so while he's asleep, Freddy literally, like, inhabits one of the marionettes, like, while in his dream. And then, like, the little man, he, like, walks over, and then he turns into Big Freddy, and he cuts all the way down all of his arms and legs, and then, like, rips out, like, the nerves and the veins, and turns the kid into a marionette. And awesome. literally, And then the kid does this, like, marionette walk all through the hospital, where That's... he, like, is being held up by strings. It's fucking awesome. Jesus. Oh, it's so good. There's also this girl who wants to be, like, an actress, and so she's trying to keep herself awake. She's watching TV, and it literally they, – and they, they shot this right for the movie because they're in the credits as, like, special guest stars. She's watching the Dick Cavett show, and what? it's Dick Cavett interviewing Zsa, Zsa Gabor. What? About, like, what are some tips that young actress – what's some advice for young actresses, and what should they do or whatever? And then Dick Cavett suddenly turns into Freddy Krueger, and he's like, who gives a shit what you think about Bitch, and he cuts off Zsa Zsa Gabor's head, wow. and then it ends. It's so fucking. It's like I just want to have been in the room where they're like, "Okay, so we're gonna do what now? What what is this for? Why is this happening?" <laughs> I don't have words. Also, uh, one of the orderlies is played by Larry Fishburne, which is great. I'm sorry, Larry Fishburne. Lord, when before Lawrence Fishburne became like serious actor, Lawrence Fishburne, he went by Larry. His credit, like what? he's in Apocalypse Now, he's credited as Larry. Oh. He's in a like in his younger days. All of his credits say Larry Fishburne. Well, that I did not know. Yeah, I mean, all he's right. pretty good. He's pretty. He doesn't have a lot to do, but he's good. He's like you're like oh, I can see why he's a real actor now. <laughs> I can see why he came out of this movie unscathed. <laughs> Man, I gotta tell you, sometimes when you're looking on IMDb for a specific thing, you come across some other things that you really should know, <laughs> but don't know. I just discovered. Yeah. And you should know this. Uh, like, clearly. That <clears throat> the character of Duke Nukem. Y- yes. Not Duke Nukem from the game. Duke Nukem, as in a villain from Captain Planet. Oh, yeah. Was voiced by none other than Dean Stockwell. <laughs> um, you know what I just, discovered? I thought you might want to know that. You know what I discovered while uh, putting together my uh, pub trivia set last week? Um, do you remember there was a show on when we were kids... It was called, uh, fuck, it was like called like uh, From Another World or Another World, like not on the, not from this world or something like that. It was, a, it was like a teenage girl and she was like, her father was an alien and she had like a bunch of weird alien abilities. Like she would like touch her fingers together and she could stop time and. Oh, uh, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
Yeah. Out of out of this world? Something like that. No, it was something along not, those not, lines. Not small wonder. Was something, small, no, not small wonder. Small, small wonder was, was the robot she, girl. She was an, yeah, she was, was an android. Which, Vicky, like, Vicky. Vicky the robot girl. Yeah, yeah which, I remember that. I was going to say, both of those shows, like, I watched those shows a bunch when I was a kid. Yeah, and then completely they, forgot about them. Yeah, yeah like, and they, they so dropped out of pop culture for so long that I, at one point, became convinced that I made those shows up. Yeah. That I just invented yep. them. That yeah. I, or like, some hazy memory of a thing that's like, those can't actually have been what that show was. That show couldn't have actually had a robot girl in it, right? No, that show totally had a robot that girl That was the in whole it. premise of the show. Yeah. Uh, but there was this other show where the girl was like – her dad was a space alien, and uh, he wasn't on the show. Like her, He was off in space somewhere. Um, the voice of her father, Burt Reynolds. What? Yes. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Are we about to watch something? Ah. Oh, yeah. Story. Yes. This was it. <laughs> Holy shit. That's right. They had the little – Oh, I don't remember any of this. I remember all of this. <laughs> Holy shit. My name is Buzz Belmondo. Troy as himself. Evie, that's right. Is that her Stefan wow. Raquel? There you go, buddy. Holy shit. Evie's double trouble. There's a whole episode of this on YouTube? I think there is more than one. Oh my god. I want to watch every episode of this, and I also want to watch every episode of the fucking... Small Wonder? Small Wonder. You mean this? Holy shit, you found the pilot! I love opening credits where the people are like doing random tasks and then, and then turn around look at the camera. Yeah, look around the camera and smile. Oh, hey, hey, Marla Pennington. Who the fuck are you looking at? Oh, that obnoxious brother. Oh, what happened to these people? I don't know, but what happened to this robot chick? Oh, cocaine. <laughs> I totally buy that. porn <laughs> it's like the friend always ended up a porn star yeah like you know that six from blossom is out there blowing guys in the bus <laughs> station i was kind of hoping that like that was weird i was kind of hoping that like that it was going to suddenly be revealed that the robot girl was played by britney murphy or something <laughs> that would have been amazing i like your onesie This is so awkward. Okay. One of these days, the maybe your father will fuck of the me. Show. <laughs> <laughs> second line of the show is creeping me out. He keeps putting the carrot in his mouth and not actually taking any bites. What the fuck? 
Is she stirring something? No. What happened to the girl? What the fuck? Dude, that robot girl's totally in the suitcase. Oh, yeah, you know she is. Well, that's what why you don't have a sister. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, that is so fucking great. It is a suitcase of body parts. What the fuck? What the fuck is this show? Oh my god! Eighties, <laughs> you were so unintentionally creepy. Holy fuck! Do you really believe that it's unintentional? Oh my god, this is so weird. This is our childhood. <laughs> we watched that show as children. What did it do to us? What were our parents thinking? I don't think our parents knew. Uh, yeah, they probably yeah. They my, weren't watching. My mom Small was wonder. Yeah, my mom was not watching the show with dude, a robot. Child. I want to watch Small Wonder with your mom. <laughs> Holy Sarah, fuck. if you're listening. Oh my god, that shit ain't right. Oh fucking Christ! Hey, let's talk about John Rambo. All right, John Rambo. Yeah, man. So uh, I will say that uh, my. <laughs> Much like, so last week we watched Rambo 3, and the movie was far better than my recollection of mm-hmm. it was. Uh, I think the opposite was true here. Yeah, you bought the wrong one, buddy. No, no, no. I'm happy to have bought this one. If, why? Because only for the last, like, 20 minutes. That's why you buy this movie. Okay. I just want to watch the last hold 20 minutes on. sometimes. I want to ask you one thing. Yeah. Did you have more fun watching John Rambo or, like, seven minutes of Small Wonder? <laughs> That is a fair question. Seven minutes of small wonder might be the correct answer. I mean. <laughs> no, so I think what's really interesting, especially watching them all in a row like this. Yeah. Um, what was most fascinating to me was how un-Rambo of a Rambo movie this feels. This you know? feels like, <laughs> this, this is like, this feels like Rocky Balboa Redux for Rambo. Well, yeah, and that's the thing that's amazing is that, you know, so Rocky Balboa came, you know, just the year before and was, you know, not only, you know, very well received, like, that's a great fucking movie. Yeah, see, this that's the difference between Rocky and Rambo. Rocky was always about heart. Yeah. Rambo was always about blowing things up. Right. Well, and that's what... And stress. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so that's like... But there was, this wasn't, there was no stress in this. Well, it's clear that... I think, it, I think it's very clear that, you know, Stallone wanted to do the same thing here that he did with, with Rocky Balboa, which is sort of go back to uh, sort of the roots of the character and re-examine sort of what makes him interesting as a person. And that's his sort of inner turmoil. Um, right, but there was nothing, nothing in this movie that didn't feel forced. Right, all of that stuff, and that's the thing. Like we've said in the first one, you know, when we watched First Blood, it's like the fir- First Blood is a great fucking movie because it's like it's such a interesting like character study, but it's all done very minimalist. You know, there's like it's it's watching these people poke and prod at him and then how he reacts to that poking and prodding that like speaks worlds about who he is and what he is and what he believes in as opposed to this movie where uh darla from buffy the vampire slayer just talks at him incessantly for the first (laughs) like 25 minutes just monologues and speechifies it's terrible why 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 are you still talking see i think that's one of the big structural problems 
here and yeah. why this did not so this did not get back to the roots of the character um the way that it happened in rocky because the origins of the character rambo yeah is a man alone mm-hmm. who needs nothing mm-hmm. and nobody yeah and it takes everybody to stop him in this one they gave him a foil and he that's the character does not need that yeah. and it feels weird mm-hmm. and it doesn't work i think there are two problems one of them is yeah all of this you know attempt to sort of dig into what does rambo believe in what kind of a person is he you're like that stuff like not none of it really goes anywhere because he doesn't like he just sort of sits there and stares as Julie Benz, like, you know, monologues at him. Like, he doesn't really get Which to is, react and, much. And, like, really out of place. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot of people talking around him while he, like, stands passively and looks off into the distance, basically. So. And occasionally kills a dozen yeah, people. Plus, all of the supporting characters are terrible. Like, I, you want every supporting character to die. A and mo- horrible death. And most of them do. And the ones that don't, you're kind of annoyed about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, oh, that guy fucking lived? Come on! Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I have no, The guys that they, like, go in to rescue, uh, you know, Darla's fiancé, who just sucks so hard. He's just... He's such a douche. He's just awful. There is a scene. It is <laughs> possibly one of the most awkwardly <laughs> staged scenes. And it's not like... It's just a terribly thought out and executed scene where Rambo has finally agreed after fucking a half hour of blathering. He has finally agreed to take these people on his boat up the river to Burma. And they're all sitting around. It's literally they're on the boat. It's like Ram- six, okay. it's like six missionaries. They're li- they're from like church in Colorado. They're going to give aid to Burmese, uh, you know, rebels and peasants. Which, basically. Which, which, by the way, was a nod to First Blood. That didn't work. Yeah, no, I think it was a nod to uh, to Rainbow Three, where it's like, it's again. Let me tell you about the plight of this third world nation. No, no, no. Well, well, that too. Well, that also. But no, the fact that they're from Colorado. Oh, they're from Colorado. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I was like, really? You don't remember that? Yeah. Um. So, but it's literally like the head guy. It's he's sitting around with all of his like team. Is like six other, and they're and they're. But the thing is, they're, so they're literally sitting around. So it's yeah. a, it's like the it's boat a, is it's a boat. So it's kind of long and skinny by yeah. nature. The boat Rambo is twenty feet the, long. Yeah. Rambo is sitting at the back at the tiller. Yeah. Right in the middle of the shot. Yeah. And then on either side of him, like people in pews. Yeah. See what I did there? Pew, that's good. They're is everyone else and so the head so missionary they're talking guy about him literally right around his well, face no, no no what's worse than that is okay first of all the head missionary guy <laughs> is like literally telling them about how noble their mission is and how important their work is right like he's literally preaching to the converted yes they are a church group yeah and then who is already going to burma you don't need to convince them now yeah exactly they're already on the boat in the river you don't now is not the time to tell them how important the work is uh, Darla decides she's gonna. She wants to get up and talk to John Rambo, and it's not like he's. Yeah, it's not like he's on another level of the boat. It's not like they're down inside. It's like no, no. She literally stands up, turns around, and takes two steps forward. And he goes, "Where, where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you talking to him? He wants to be alone. Don't, don't talk to that man." And like, yeah. Rambo is just standing there, staring at them, having a conversation about whether or not they should talk to him. See, the simple fact is that to talk to him. She didn't need to get up. No, she's having this really innocuous conversation with him like, hey, how are you? Thank you for doing this. Like, it's not like she has to have some private moment with him. It's just sort of like, I'm being a decent human being and thanking him for doing this thing, which I had to convince him at length to do. 
And her, no, don't, what? Don't talk. He's the boat man. He doesn't care about us. He's the mom, 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 mom. Yeah. It's so odd. And yeah. the thing is that they, they, so they, they flip the shot around so that when he, when the fiance is complaining that she's talking to Rambo, it's kind of from Rambo's perspective that mm-hmm. I picked that up. So that he's not. No, technically... it's literally like the camera is watching them fight as if from Rando's point of view. Right, and it's just like <laughs> it's so weird because you know he's right there, <laughs> and it's like you douchebag, you're talking about him, he's right there. Mm-hmm. There's also like Ugh. the other thing I think is really interesting about that guy, about that character, the fiance, is that he, you know, he exists as like the asshole Jiminy Cricket, you know? Like, he is all about, (laughs) like, the moral absolute, like, we're going to go and we're going to help these people, and, you know, killing is never right. He literally says killing is never – taking a life is never right. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. And that comes (laughs) after Ramba – they get stopped by pirates who are want to abduct his fiance, and as Rambo says – she's the only woman. Yeah, she's the only pale white blonde lady for miles. In the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the only women in the whole thing, period. Yeah, well, yeah, at least the only one who talks. Yeah, yeah. So the the you know they're getting stopped by pirates who want to take all their shit and then abduct his fiance and as Rambo says, probably rape her fifty times. And, and then Ram- her. and then Rambo quickly just pulls a gun and kills like all five of the guys on the boat like in the blink of an eye. You the know, pirate, the pirates. Yeah, yeah, the pirates and saves everyone, saves everybody's ass, and then he takes them all and he takes the people and he brings them to where they're supposed to go. And before he leaves, the fiance turns and goes, "By the way, I have to report this because taking a life is never. I know you thought you did the right thing, but taking a life is never right." Like, so the whole movie just becomes like, "You ass." It's it's such a weird thing. To put in a movie that were like the whole reason that people went to see that movie is to watch Rambo kill people. So like while what that guy is saying is, you know, technically somewhat. Cor- I mean, it's not, it's not it's that moral absolutism is not correct. But like, yes, you should not take a life if you don't have to take a life. Like he's being a huge dick about it. But yet to like sort of throw that at the audience's face while they're only there to watch Sylvester Stallone like decapitate people left right and center it's such a weird choice it just makes you like hate that guy yeah who is like clearly there so that he can be rescued later and it's like if you don't like the guy that rambles going to rescue like it that makes like his whole you know in in uh the in the second movie and in the third movie which are both like rambo going on a mission right. to rescue people he's rescuing american POWs, pow's he's rescuing colonel troutman like you want him to succeed in his mission because it's the right thing for him to do here it's like you kind of don't well, give a like, shit if those guys get killed well, by like, the burmese army or not so it's really I mean, just she's obnoxious yeah he's a jackass yeah and the other guys don't do anything that means they literally, do literally nothing the only value then becomes can how brutally can Sylvester Stallone murder lots of Asian people? Like that's that's it. It's not even about the success of the mission because you don't really have any emotional stake in those people's well-being. It's just well, the, well, the only emotional stake that you might have is like like an interesting melange of of yes, I said that. That's good. No, of, good, of, good vocab of, word of, of hatred and like moderate displeasure yeah like i just <laughs> well it, you know it's interesting because you actually care so you know when they eventually of course get captured by the burmese army stallone get they gets hired to rainbow gets hired to bring some mercenaries up the river to go rescue them and 
you know, and they're all dicks too. They are all dicks too. But I felt like I like I cared about those mercenaries more than I cared about the people they were going to rescue. It's because they actually had lines. Well, they all had like characters. But it was that was the other thing. Even the mercenaries. Another example of this movie being poorly executed is. So none of the mercenaries have names except for the one guy who you know you know how in a lot of these movies when you have a band of brothers yeah you'll get the name they, they like, all got like the cool nicknames the like, like cool nicknames and yeah. a brief introduction and yeah. they'll they'll pass the baseball around and introduce each other yep one guy introduces himself in this one one guy yeah and it's like well everyone else is dead and that guy is gonna live because mm-hmm. he's the only one with a name that's true guess what happened <laughs> that is actually more or less what happened yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, no, the, the weird, this movie has such a weird stance on violence. Um, it's like, it, 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 it wants you to feel like, it's like, it, I don't, I don't even know how to describe I think it. the idea was to try it's to like make vilify, you offensive. feel conflicted about yeah, the it, horrible violence you want to watch Sylvester Stallone wreak yeah. upon everyone in sight. Yeah, you spend, it spends the first three and quarters of the movie vilifying violence, and then and the then last 20 minutes just, just completely reveling it's in just it. just intestines everywhere. And it's the, it's the only good thing in the movie. It's like... Far and away, like by a huge margin, the best thing in the movie is Stallone just massacring the entire country of Burma. True to form, he gets behind a big, you know, stationary Gatling gun and mm-hmm. just mows people down. And oh, that's yeah. just what he does this time. Yeah. As we say, that's another one of those like, oh yeah, Stallone's old, you know? Yeah. Like he I don't necessarily the jungle anymore. Your knees can't take the pounding. Yeah. He gets he gets hard the... runnings out. He kills all the pirates uh, with his like revolver. Um, and then later, uh, when they were playing, when he kills all those guys with a bow and arrow, when he first meets up with the mercenaries, uh, when the the yeah, the, Burmese, yeah. the Burmese army guys they play that weird like toy with the prisoners game where they like throw grenades, they throw mines like into the water, and then make all the prisoners run, run. through the water to like see which one will step on the mine and they like bet on well, who's no, going to step bet, on the mine. I think they're betting on who's going to on who's going to step on mines and also who's going to make it to the other side first. It's a race. And then when they all get to the other end, they shoot them all anyway. Well, no, that's what I said. I thought it was, "Oh, who's going to make it to the other end?" I think they're actually betting on who's going to step on the mine first because when they all make it to the other side, they make they tr- they want them to go back because oh. nobody <laughs> won the bet because they're all alive. Oh. So they want them to go back across, which is why they were like shooting at the mud in between them to make them start running again. Like, that's way more of a dick move, you know? But, then again, the Burmese army in this movie are like, I mean, you know, the Russian villains in the second and third one were bad. These guys are like, oh my god, these guys are are not super dicks. Yeah, they're not real people. Yeah, these guys are like incredibly just broad. These are like devil people. These are like the most evil people. If you could think of a horrifying thing that a soldier or a general could do, these guys do it. Yeah. Do they toy with their prisoners? Do they have rape parties with red smoke grenades going off in the middle? Yeah, it's terrible. At one point, they have the 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 lead general, like the the head bad guy, like in the midst of all of this like crazy rape party and all of this shit. He, he just has one of his underlings, like, bring him an adolescent boy to his, like, cabin, to his little hut. Yep. And then, like, they just quietly close the door behind them. And then, like, after, you know, cut to, like, ten minutes later, and it's, like, now it's the next morning. And they just show, like, the door opens, and the kid quietly walks out. And he, like, watches him go. And, like, there's no reason for that at all. Yeah. Except, like, look, this guy's a 
seriously though, this guy is evil. Seriously yeah. though, he's a bad dude. Yeah. Like there's there's no other reason for it. It just seems like they're th- literally just throwing everything they can to make us hate these people. It's like it doesn't take much, guys. Yeah, they're already killing dozens and dozens of people yeah. in terrible ways. You yeah. don't need to throw pedophilia on top of it. I know. That. Oh my god, it's horrifying. Um but So yeah, so 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 Stallone kills all those guys with the arrow, with the bow and arrow. You got to have some good bow and arrow. Oh dance. man, there was the one guy who got it pretty bad. He yeah. got it through both eyes and then fell on the landmine, and which, is, on which the is the mine. nice punctuation. Yeah. Uh, so he he gets to kill a couple guys single handedly, like in quick succession, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and then yeah, at the very end, like the big the big final showdown. Yeah, he basically jumps onto the back of the truck and has the huge like Gatling gun and just yeah, he just mows down fields of people. Yep. You know, all off screen somewhere else. Yeah. Because, and that's it's one of those things. Like, yeah, Stallone is, you know, he's 65 he's years not, old. He's not running. Yeah, like, you don't necessarily and – and now he has, like, a team of mercenaries, too. Like, you don't necessarily buy that he could just, like, run through the jungle and, like, kill a million people single-handedly. Like he that he is a one-man killing machine. Yeah. Like, he needs a support structure now. And he needs, like, yeah, a couple of isolated incidents of him being a badass and then other people helping him out, basically. Yep. And Balboa is the same way. Rocky Balboa is the same way. Like, they kind of couch his good performance in the final boxing match with, you know, that the other guy never really took him seriously, and he didn't really train very well. Well, not and only also that, but he breaks his the, hand the other in the guy broke his fight. hand. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, and the other guy, uh, Mason Dixon, still beats him. Yeah. But by a split decision. Like, I think they handled that very well. No, absolutely. Um, because, but, again, it's like, you know, the just like the first Rocky movie, the important thing in Rocky Balboa is not that he wins that fight. It's simply that he holds his own that he that he does that he goes into that fight yeah. and that he he you know he makes the stand and that he shows that he can still do it basically and he goes out the way he wants to go out yeah. and that's one of the things that separates Rocky Balboa from John Rambo yeah Rocky Balboa had a very clear wrong to right yeah. and that is something that we like to call Rocky 5 <laughs> yeah whereas John Rambo does not have that no I mean, well, and that's the thing. Like, that's that's the There's thing that's no, so interesting about that's it. That's why I went for unnecessary at yeah. the beginning of this because there is no good reason yeah. for this movie to exist. Well, I was going to say, that's the thing that's so None. interesting about it is that, you know, like we said, you know, the first movie is this sort of serious character study of a, you know, Vietnam vet with PTSD. Which is great. And there are people that really like that movie, but the majority of Rambo fans are the people who like Rambo 2, Rambo 3, where it's just Stallone, the one-man killing machine, you know, running through the jungle killing people. And so, you know, there, it seems like very clear that through the first half of the movie, it really wants to kind of... Do- do what Rocky Balboa did, which is sort of go back and what is sort of the, you know, the backstory of that character and the psyche of John Rambo. None of that stuff works. And so it almost feels like they were writing this movie or shooting this movie and like realized two thirds of the way through that, you know, that stuff, the, fuck that. Let's go, let's, we, it's like this. Most stuff, guys down. Yeah, they're trying, they're trying to like uh, placate both fan bases. Yeah. And the that's thing that's well way that more successful is, you know, Stallone just killing hundreds of people. Yeah. Um, now, granted, there is a lot of, this is, you know, done a little bit on the cheap. Um, there's a lot of CGI blood and guts in this movie. Yep. Um, it's a, it's a lot of like, cause it's a lot of people like getting decapitated and like, not just like getting shot, but like explosions of blood and getting thrown back, like 
for you. Every time somebody gets hit with a bullet, it sounds like a fucking cannon shot, which I which I love. I mean, it's a lot great. Of, like like a lot of people get cut in half with bullets and yeah. this and that kind of. Oh thing. yeah, the I think the most egregious one, unfortunately, is uh, the at the very end when he kills the main general. Yeah, he stabs him in the gut and then like tears his knife across his stomach yep. and then which is like that's more or less fine but then the the general like falls and he like tumbles, tumbles down, down a hill, hill yeah. and it's like they want to make it look like he was almost torn in half and like the so there's entrails yeah the entrails spit, and the out. giant wound like they, it's just not rendered well it's like it feels clear that it's like yeah this kind of it's kind of fuzzy and the physicality, like the one thing's moving at an odds to another thing, it doesn't really look like one complete body moving. I don't know. It's something. I think it just looks not right about it. It's, yeah. it's probably the worst instance of that, like CG violence. Yeah. Which is a shame because it's the big, you know, the big kill at the end. I mean, that's the guy who's supposed to get it with an exploding arrow. Yeah. Historically. Exactly right. Oh. There's no exploding arrows. Although he does rip a guy's throat out, which is great. That's, ripping, ripping throats like MacGruber. That is Swayze style. That is something. See, but the thing is, like, that feels so uncharacteristic of Rambo. Rambo would never do that. that Rambo yeah. is a trained killing machine. He's going to kill someone in the most efficient way possible. And ripping a guy's throat out with your bare <laughs> hands is not efficient. That's especially true. when you have a huge knife in your pocket. That's true. A knife which he literally forged himself. He, He's I, a blacksmith in this yeah, one. Yeah, he has rudimentary blacksmith skills. And he he actually takes his old knife, throws it onto which Bart, you're like, I thought he lost that knife in Afghanistan. Well, he did. Yeah. Uh, but he, like, has his old knife on his boat. He throws That's it. That's where he was walking at the end of, uh, oh, to go get his he went to go back. find it again. He like, oh, God damn it. Yeah. So, no, he forges a new knife, which is basically like a machete. It's just this giant fucking blade. Uh, yeah, which it's, it's the kind of knife that you, if you had the skills, could forge. And yeah. I've seen videos of this people doing oh, this. Oh, sure. That you can forge from a used uh, lawnmower blade. Oh, yeah, totally. It's that kind of a blade. Yeah. It's like a, like a banana knife. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's interesting here is, like I kind of said at the beginning, that it doesn't, in a lot of ways, doesn't, it, it's missing. A lot of the stuff that sort of makes it a key Rambo movie. Like, yeah, okay, you've got him, like, you know, in the jungle, like, killing people, which I guess is really all you need. But watching them all in a sequence, we did not get the sort of uh, slow stalking the enemy sequence where he takes guys out one at a time. But see, that's the thing. Him as an old man, like, I, that actually would work in that Because he could thing. set traps? Yeah, exactly. Him, like, setting traps for guys, hunt, like, slow, like, following a group of them and, like, taking them down one at a time. Like, Guerrilla that's something warfare style. old man Stallone, like, should be doing because, like, he doesn't have to, like take them on like six guys out in the open he's slowly picking them off secretly quietly one at a time you know but the thing is that he didn't have a small group of guys to pick off he exactly had an, he had an army they never really gave him a chance i mean they he does sort of stalk around the base uh the 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 army base where they're all being held prisoner but even then he's mostly just like running around freeing people he doesn't really get to take anybody which out is by sequence. the way what he should have been doing in all the other movies well yeah just saying um we also don't get the uh the, the signature power ballad at the end yeah which i really sad. missed i was very sad about that no we just get it's been a long road over and over and over well again. you know it's not even the long road it's like the the well, orchestra the, 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 theme yeah, it's yeah. the orchestral yeah. version of it's the, been a long the, road the score the original score theme to first blood right. you get a lot of that though we do have a, a lovely shot at the very end of the movie where he is literally walking down, down a very long, long road, road for like yeah. 20 minutes yeah the last shot where the, with the credits like, play with, over yeah the credits over it he's just walking until eventually he turns a corner 
and hides behind a tree <laughs> where I'm convinced his trailer was. <laughs> yeah, he was sipping a mimosa behind that tree, I think. You know what else this movie didn't have? What's that? It did not have a Christopher Lee. There was no epic sub-boss for him to blow up. That's in true. A, in a terrible way. That's true. There was like the one like evil general, and that was... He didn't have an underling. He didn't have a, mi- a, a there, minion. There was no good minion. Yeah. Because minions are always delightfully expendable. It's true. Uh-huh. Yeah, see what yeah. he did there? Yeah. And they can be killed in terrible ways, and it's always very satisfying because yeah. you just fucking hate that guy. But we did have uh, <laughs> we did have John Rambo Snake Hunter, though, <laughs> at the very beginning. <laughs> no, you know what we had at the very beginning? What we had was... Uh, the promos for the Expendables. Oh, God. And all, and Universal Soldier, and, yeah, and this, Terminator 2. This Blu-ray came with three trailers. <laughs> One was for the Expendables. The second was for Terminator 2. And the third was for, hey, do you like the Expendables? Now you can buy all the, pe- the movies that those people made over the years on Blu-ray. But do you the like best Terminator? Thing it- do you like Universal Soldier? Do you like Rambo? Do you like? You can get all of those movies now on Blu-ray. But the best thing about that is, that is how it ends. Yeah. It ends with the clip from First Blood Part 2 Rambo. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Where he's telling Julian Nixon, I'm expendable. <laughs> It's, it's like, true. That's like, what that's what I would have done. Yeah. If I was cutting those clips together, that's exactly how I would have ended. Yep. Um no, I, I really I like uh, John Rambo Snake Hunter. Um I yeah. wanna like I want like a whole separate series of like John Rambo's odd jobs over the years. <laughs> Snake Hunter serials Stick Fighter. Like a bunch of short films of like what was John Rambo? Monastery repairman. Yeah, exactly. Like those are all uh, Horse Farmer. Fascinating little side stories in the John Rambo's career. He also can uh, fish with a bow and arrow. Which That's is also awesome. fantastic. That was awesome. That was fucking great. And my heart of the Ghostbusters was that fish that he got. <laughs> Well, look, I think it's. I think that was the time for that. So, well, okay. So part, today, of the, part of the Ghostbusters. Who's your drinking, t- buddy? I think today is the first time we ever actually discussed it ahead of time because there were so few people to choose from. Yeah. Uh, would you like to do the honors? Well, or look, shall I? My, I mean, I can tell you my choice. My, I know you. I know who your choice is. My choice is it's is, the announcer. It's the snake announcer guy. Oh no! Well, the snake announcer guy. Yes. Okay. If we're, that was yes at the very beginning of the movie. That was my my definitely my choice. Um, this the. the we see he's hunting uh, Rambo is hunting snakes because uh, he's gathering snakes for like a tourist like snake charming show or a guy like goes into a pit of snakes and so there's a guy like uh, uh, this guy in Thailand he's like he's the announcer for the snake show and he doesn't not only is he like giving play by play of what's happening in the but snake has, pit his voice has the most interesting cadence yeah he like sings it all it's like he's singing a song the whole time so he's like Oh, the king cobra, he is fighting the man, and the man is in the pit with the cobra. Oh, do be careful, my friend. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so awkward. It's so, it's so bizarre. Um, no, I liked him. He, he entertained me. But no, my actual choice for uh, Heart of the Ghostbusters, it's, I mean, it's got to be Schoolboy. It's got to be the guy with the oh, okay. absurdly large sniper rifle. The only mercenary that, you know, yeah, we give guy, a shit about. This guy is carrying around the world's biggest high-powered armor-piercing rounds yeah. tank yeah. shooting sniper rifle in the jungle. It's like, that would not be my first choice. Yeah, it's huge. Um, uh, but no, he, he... Like, it's heavy enough that he needs to prop it up on things because he, <laughs> he can't aim it without, you know, bracing it. Yeah, he looks like... And he's like a skinny fuck, too, so he looks yeah. like he could barely carry the damn thing, let alone, like, shoulder it through the fucking jungles. Yeah. But that guy was cool. He's like I said, he's got a giant gun. The only guy who had a name. Yeah. So you know he's all right. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Bartholomew? I'm going to stick with my original choice. Blue shirt guy. <laughs> blue, blue shirt, blue shirt uh, friend. missionary guy. The reason being is that in, so in that awkward scene when they're on the boat, and it's so awkward, I could see into that guy's soul. Because <laughs> he was sitting there. Staring and, at the camera? No, 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 no. He was, he was trying so hard not to look at Stallone, not to look at Darla, not to look at the douchebag, and not to look at the camera. He is staring off at 3 o'clock. Because <laughs> you know that in the other takes, that dude fucking lost it. <laughs> That's my dude. All right. And he, and almost, he almost made he it. He almost survives. He gets all the way to the end, and then he gets shot in the back yeah. by the asshole child molesting general. Yeah, it's just what not a right. Douche. Like, he almost made it. He's so poor, close. Poor He's so fucker. Close. Poor bastard. Yeah. Well, I think that probably just about wraps us up here. Yeah. Uh, our, Ram- our Rambo rewatch is complete. Final, is complete. Final thoughts on our, our full Rambo series. Favorite, favorite entry. Favorite, favorite entry in the Rambo series. For me? Oh, man. How about this? How about best and favorite? Because I feel like those are oh, perhaps okay. different answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. The best one is definitely First Blood. Yeah, I agree. Um, my favorite one is Rambo 3. Yeah. Just because it's, it's the best one to watch. And it like it has a lovely part. Like It's fun to watch, and then there's a moment where you can get up and get a snack. Because <laughs> I don't want to hear about all that shit. Stop talking. So you like it's just enough time that you can watch the beginning, get all revved up, Go make something to eat, go pee, get another beer, come back, and then they start shooting stuff again. That's true. It's it's great popcorn entertainment. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. Uh, I think I you bought the wrong one. It's po- you bought the wrong one. It's possible. I like I still like this last one. You fucking bought the wrong one. I st- are you gonna watch this? <laughs> Are you gonna watch this unless somebody dares you? No, I, I, I no, I still think that I, I would watch. Th- I will watch this movie. Um, Let me ask you this: If Last Blood <laughs> comes to fruition, yeah. and I don't know how the hell that's gonna happen, it he's back be. on the horse farm. It could be. What are you going to do with this Blu-ray? I'm, I mean, nothing. I'll, all right, all right. To watch hey, you it. know what? You know what? I'll give you a better one. Okay. When the next big format comes around. Mm. Okay? Whatever comes after Blu-ray. Yeah. We'll just call it Betamax. Okay. When Betamax comes around, would you buy this again? Uh, well, honestly, it would probably depend on if this, if a fifth. Not in a box set. Well, no, that's what I was going to say. Independent. If a fifth Rambo movie comes out and is good, then I might buy a full box set. Um. I might, I might buy a full box set. Well, box then. sets notwithstanding. Yeah. But would you uh, purchase uh, this movie by itself? By itself? Like well, you just did. No, I wouldn't. Again. Not to replace a format. Like, there are lots of movies I own on DVD that I, you know, I will probably never buy on Blu-ray. I will just continue to own them on DVD until I decide I don't want to own those movies anymore and I right. give them away or whatever. Um, this is probably one of those. Like, I bought on Blu-ray. I will probably just own it on Blu-ray until Blu-ray is no longer a format that I have the ability to play or I just have to, you know, unload yeah. a bunch of movies for some reason. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, I felt the same way about, uh, you know, the Rocky movies. I hadn't owned any of the Rocky movies, and uh, I wanted to buy them. Uh, I wanted to buy the box set, but I didn't, like, especially when Balboa came out because I watched them all again, and I was like, fuck, why don't I own these movies? I should buy these movies. Mm. But I didn't want to buy them. Because I wanted to, they didn't make a full box set for right, a long right. time. It was like you do, could buy the first five, and then Rocky Balboa. Yeah, and then you could do buy them separately. Yeah, no, I own a an all six box set on on Blu-ray. Oh, 
Um, I, I kind of hope they took Rocky Five out. No, no, they they have all six in that's one box. That's the box, box that I want. One, but two, that's four the thing. In Balboa. I feel okay with like, and like I said, I bought these two for really cheap. I mean, it was like thirteen bucks for the pair for for First Blood and for Rambo. Yeah. Um. So for the pair, it's like thirteen bucks. It was totally worth it. Um. So I'm perfectly okay owning these two. And yeah, if the fifth Rambo comes out and I like it, um, you know, by the time that comes out, we may be on a new format. I might buy that box set in a new format. Having now watched all of the Rambo movies, I certainly feel uh, way more comfortable, or like I'd much more be willing. I'd be much more willing to buy the whole box set now, um, because you know, like I said, I was sort of working off some hazy, some hazy memories going into this well, rewatch, actually, which is why I wanted to do the rewatch. I think like, everybody's memories of these are a little hazy. Yeah, no, I liked that third one a lot more than I remembered. Um, the second one, I you know, I still don't love, but. Uh, you know, I, you know, I guess I, I guess I could watch that from time to time. I sort of hate that the second one is the iconic one. Yeah, no, I do too. Well, okay, so let's let's do. You know, I think if we were to rank them. I think First Blood goes number one. Is this for good sure. or enjoyable or what? I think I think just overall. All right, overall. I think First Blood has got to be number one, top of the list. First Blood. I agree. First Blood, Rambo three. Uh, See, First I, Blood Part two, Rambo. Right, and then this one. Yeah, no. See, I would, I would go, I would go, I would flip to the bottom two. I would do, I would think, I would do, uh, I would think, I would do First Blood. Ram, I think Rambo three and John Rambo are very close for me. I think it would just depend on what kind of a mood I'm in. Rambo Sometimes, three, yeah. Rambo three and the fourth, the oh, third man, and the you, fourth. So ones. what you tell me is you like this movie a lot more than I do. This movie that we just watched, yeah, yeah. I certainly liked it better than than Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Oh no 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 no! And I'll tell you why. This is old Stallone being Rambo. Yeah, that's young Stallone being Rambo. The way Rambo kills people. This is old Stallone killing Rambo, or killing. Yes, exactly. It's old Stallone killing Rambo. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Freudian slip. Correct. No, I. I mean, I. I don't know. I get more. I think this is you know more enjoyable in a way than the second one. You know, like I said, you fell asleep in the second one, and I sort of feel the same way. Like I, I just sort of zone out of that movie for long periods of time. But you know, that's. A, but like, but the thing is that that movie is of a moment. Yeah. And it's of the moment when Rambo was Rambo. Yeah. This is not a Rambo movie. Nothing about this movie is Rambo. No, it doesn't this feel is, like a Rambo this is movie. Just Stallone making a movie where he's on steroids and. Yeah, no, you. It does in a lot of ways. It doesn't feel like a Rambo. It doesn't have sort of a lot of the trappings or a lot of the sort of structure of a, you know, a Rambo movie. It doesn't have all those you know, those call signs of a Rambo movie. Yeah. It's just sort of that character in a different context. Um, it, uh... But I think there, are, you know, I think there's still a lot to enjoy in this movie. Um, it's you know, it's a very it's a very different beast, but. I, I enjoy it. I think I would still probably put Rambo 3 above it, though. Because well, Rambo 3 has all of those signature beats, basically. Right. I mean, Rambo 3 is just it's just a better movie. So here's here's the difference for me between this one, new one, and I'm just going to call it Rambo 2. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Between the – like, for Rambo 2 and Rambo 4, Rambo 2 put me to sleep. Rambo 4 made me want to talk over it. <laughs> See, but I think that means that you were more engaged with it. With Rainbow Four? Yeah. No, that means I was willfully disengaged with it because it was just like, oh my, really? Yeah, see, the, the, okay, that moment where and also, he's a I huge would, dick. I, would, I also would not have fallen asleep in Rainbow Two if I had not been like dead tired that day. Well, that's fair. No, that's fair. But like, okay, there's that moment in in, in this one where, you know, her, her fiance is a huge dick for like five minutes. And then the next words out of her mouth, she turns to Rainbow, and the next words out of her mouth are, 
we're engaged. <laughs> which is like, like shit like that. Which is like, I, that's why I love this movie. I mean, that's just, see, but that's not Rambo. That's just delightfully awkward. Yeah. That's like small wonder. <laughs> Look, I don't, it might not make for the best Rambo movie, but I still, like, as a movie, I still, I, you know, I I certainly dig it more than I dig, you know, you Rambo can 2. Make, listen, you can Rambo make, 2 is at the bottom of my you list. You can make a really solid drinking game out of Rambo 2. Sure. This one? Eh. But I think that's, again, that's just because it has that very familiar structure where you can be like, oh, when he, he's going to do this a bunch of times, he's going to do that a bunch of times. Right. But that's what Rambo is. Yeah. Rambo is supposed to be really formulaic. No, that's true. And, like... That's what they would make it good. That's what people liked about it is they knew exactly what they were getting. So, right. and also the second one is so fantastically mockable. Yeah, this one you just stare at. Oh it no, no, I think we mock. I think we mocked this one pretty hard. Well, it's it's <laughs> afternoon. That's true. Um. Well, I okay. I think I think we could probably leave it at that. Um. Yeah. So we talked about doing uh, Terminator rewatch. Yeah, next. I'm still um, I'm still geared up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this week we're definitely gonna go see uh, Fury, which is uh, a new David Ayer film in which uh, uh, Brad Pitt drives a tank yeah. in World War II. Oh, I hope there are mortars in it. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> we can't say it out. We can't say that out loud in the middle of the theater, though. No. We every time we see a mortar in a movie now, all Bart and I can ever think <laughs> is that scene from Stripes with very young Timothy Busfield and John Larroquette. Let's see you fire that mortar, soldier. And young Timothy Busfield turns to the camera and says, What coordinates, sir? So every time we see a mortar in a movie <laughs> now, like... we both just yell, What coordinates, sir? And then, go, and then it blows up Sergeant Hulka. And we go, That's terrible. Uh, so, yes, if there are mortar shells, we cannot yell out, What coordinates, sir, in the middle of the theater. I might. They will get upset with us. Um, so we're going to go see that on Wednesday. Um, I would love to do that and just have one guy in the audience <laughs> laugh out loud. Just one. Um, so, I want to party uh, with you, cowboy. Uh, we might get to uh, – maybe we'll just do that. Maybe we'll sneak in the first Terminator 2. Uh, it'll, it'll depend the on the first Terminator 2? The first Terminator as well. The first Terminator also uh, yes. with with Brad Pitt's tank driving. Um, it'll just, you know we'll have to we'll have to look at the schedule and see how it hacks out. Well, we can always watch Tank Girl. <laughs> uh, but I think either way we're gonna start doing some double ups because uh, there's some good stuff coming out. Uh, you know, there's four Terminator movies, and certainly over the next month there's some decent stuff coming out that I actually want to see in a theater. So uh, that we should definitely talk about. I also want to try and do uh, at some point. I would like to get the Gone Girl, which. Uh, I yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't see until Jamie. Well, Jamie wants to finish reading the book first, and I said, "Great! How much more in the book do you have?" She said, "I'm on chapter one." So fair enough. Uh, we might not get to it. I don't know. We'll see. That's all right. Um, but I hear it's really interesting. I hear it's really good. Uh, I think it'll make for a good conversation. So hopefully, we'll get to Gone Girl at some point. Um, but either way, uh, definitely we'll be talking Fury with Brad Pitt next week, and perhaps even Terminator as well. But either way, if you want to follow along, uh, start start thinking about terminators start 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 watching your terminator movies because uh, we're gonna be digging into that before too long yep uh Barth? minus minus there's sans sarah connor yeah yeah just the films just yeah. the movies bart thank you for uh tagging along always as always it's um lovely to have you uh you can of course uh follow me uh, on the blog dailyscreening.com as well as on uh twitter uh, at daily screening facebook instagram tumblr so on and so forth um, and then, of course, you can uh, follow the podcast here on iTunes and on SoundCloud as well. Uh, so, uh, that being said, 
Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening. We certainly had fun talking. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow.